Welcome into the lounge presented by DraftKings. We are here to talk about the first Ravens OTAs, week of OTAs, in which we watch Wednesday's practice. Um, we're going to give you our takeaways from practice because really, it's starting to kind of look like football. Yes. It's looking like football. Yes. That's exciting. Football school looks more like school. OTAs well, looks more like football. Well, the yeah, the biggest difference is that the players have jerseys on. That is a big difference. During football now school. I know who's who. Yeah, during football <laughs> school, they just have what like workout gear on. And now they put on the jerseys once they get and helmets. Yep. When they get to OTAs. And so it I mean, no in pads. all seriousness, no pads. No pads. Still. They have shells on. Um, you got some 11 on 11 work. Yeah, you get 11 on 11 work. They they put on the helmet, they put on the the jerseys. Um, and it looks a lot more like football. I mean, like we're kind of joking about it, but it really does. I mean, it, yeah. it feels like more of an actual football practice. There's no full contact. There's the line isn't really hitting yet. All, any of that. There's very minimal contact. There's no contact. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. There's no contact. There's like bumping into somebody. Yeah, but that's about and it. And they try to minimize that. Yeah, you know. So, um, so so, yeah. It, it's it's not like a full game, but it does give you a little bit of a sense of where the team is, and I think it's starting to things are starting to come together, which is great. Yeah. So anyway, who who uh, who takes your award? Who stood out to you the most? Um, there's a couple guys that I would say that, that stood out to me in watching practice. One that I'll start with is a coach. And that's Tom Wilkin. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. I just think that in watching Still him. The curveball. Yes. The curveball off the top. Um, and watching him off, like watching him at practice, he is super high energy. More so than you see from a coordinator, I would say. Oftentimes coordinators are a little bit more, um, you know, like they're involved, but they're not like necessarily leading the guys to the drills. I just kind of set the stage here. At one point early in practice, the receivers were going through basically route running drills. So they mm-hmm. were running them on air and Munkin was paying attention to every freaking detail mm-hmm. and so animated in his uh, delivery of his critiques. <laughs> it's uh, colorful. Yes, colorful. Uh, we would need the bleep button if we were to uh, play his critiques aloud. <laughs> yeah. The the Wired episode with Todd Munkin is going to be special. <laughs> there might be some bleeps in there. Um, <laughs> but like he was paying attention to every detail and saying, like, no, this is not a 15-yard route. It's not a 16-yard route. It's 18. Like, run right. to this spot. Right. Um, and at one point, he, 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 like, he wasn't happy with the way that guys were running it. And he was like, and I'll leave out the, the, the colorful language, but he basically said, I'd rather you end up in the park than run this yard, this route in the woods. Sorry. I'd rather you end up in the woods than run this route short and run it as a 15 yard route. So like get to this spot and like (laughs) he was, and that's how he is throughout the entire practice. Yeah. And, um, I thought it was pretty cool to see. I, I agree. Yeah. Just like very into the details of like, here's my offense. Let's run. We need to run it right. You know? And like, you know, Greg wrote, you heard more from Todd Munkin in one day than I think I heard from Greg Roman in years, mm-hmm. you know, like, and whatever, different coaches have different styles. It's not a critique, yeah. but it's, it's just, it's a different level of energy and of like kind of, of the coordinator stressing the details that we've seen before. Yeah. Um, and also to kind of uh, piggyback off what you're saying, it's not just like, oh, he's like a hard coach and he's just ripping in the guys. Like, there's a lot of positive reinforcement as well. Mm-hmm. This is kind of the dad side of me coming out here. <laughs> you know, you you reinforce the positive behavior but, and you and you bluntly and kind of cr- quickly correct them the wrong behavior. Yeah. Right? As my, and you know, my, my preschool, preschool is <laughs> thumbs down choice or a thumbs up. You don't say it was wrong. It was a thumbs down route. <laughs> 
Okay. You know? So. I think I think uh, Todd Monka would say it's wrong. <laughs> probably would. I he think could. he'd be a little bit more blunt than that. <laughs> he probably would. Um, but, yeah, like, you know, it just – it. Um, I think, like, the, the players seem to be responding well to it. You know, it's one practice. But, like, from all indications, they really like it. And I think the energy level is just different, you mm-hmm. know? And it kind of does remind me a little bit of Gary Kubiak, the way See, he I would actually, coach on the field a little bit. He's more of a laid-back guy than Todd is. Yeah. But, like, Gary also kind of got into the details, you know? And it was like, this is how we run this, and it's it needs to be run right. It, like, exactly this way. Yeah, it's, it's like running through the coordinators. Right. I don't see the Kubiak comparison, to be honest. I, I don't think, think the personnel, Kubiak personality was way quieter. Was. And Kubiak was like very comfortable sitting in his office, like by himself, and like oh, watching. Yeah. He was a film nut, and like yeah, he was yeah, deliberate yeah. in the details. So I think yeah, in that part, yeah, yeah. he was like very intentional with the details. Yes, and this is how I wanted to I'm run. This is where I wanted to, how I wanted to look. And so he was very detail oriented in that regard. But like Munkin is like way more animated and high energy. He, I think you, you've called him this, and I think it's a good description. He's the Pied Piper. Yeah, like around the. Building. Yeah. Like the guy just draws a crowd. Like mm-hmm. he's got this energy that like brings you. He can tell a story. Mm-hmm. He's always talking. Yeah, he's animated. He just has that energy that like brings people in. You know, and um, so I, I I really like it. Yeah. So that was my first takeaway. What, who was your first? Uh, your well, I mean, you can't. Ju- I mean, Lamar Jackson's on the field for the yeah, first time. Of course, you, 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 we probably should hit that off the top. Yeah, it's kind of. A big this deal. is the we call this in uh, journalism school the delayed lead. There you go. Exactly, and so. Um, you know, Lamar, John Harbaugh said they're going to kind of play catch up a little, ramp them up a little bit, you know, because uh, the other quarterbacks have been here for football school and he wasn't. And so, you know, he's kind of for getting really digging into the offense for the first time. He came first on Tuesday and kind of met with coaches and had basically a day to kind of build up to practice. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, he looks good. Arm looks live as, as live as usual. It's different from last year in that, Last year he came in and it was like, whoa, he's added a lot of muscle. Like he is big, bigger. Like he doesn't, he said this offseason was no specific focus from a physical standpoint on changing anything. Yeah. He probably doesn't look quite as big as he did last year, but it's hard to really say. Yeah. Like maybe I'm just used to it from him being that big from last year. Um, I think he does look actually a little bit leaner than he did last year. Yeah. Would be my, what do you think? I would you, say would it's always that? Uh, yeah, well, it's always like it's always funny like we, like this time of year like when we had Kyle Hamilton on the podcast yeah. I'm like you look taller exactly and I'm like Lamar you look leaner and it's like maybe some of those uh, assessments are correct it's hard to tell like yeah. you know we're gonna need, you know get the scale out you know when guys come to the podium it's like all right we're gonna need to step on the scale first exactly. way in exactly and so our, to just to determine if our assessments I are mean, accurate, the guy loses like five pounds over the course of practice <laughs> yeah. so. Um, I mean, I think I would say probably, I think maybe a little bit leaner. Um, you know, he, he really bulked up and added a bunch of muscle last year. I mean, one thing that was interesting, you know, he He probably leaned out over the course of last season, to be honest. When he first showed up, it was like, Whoa, this guy looks like a linebacker. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting. Like when he, um, you know, when he talked, like no one asked him about the knee, you know, and he, when he was signed his uh, contract, he said like, he just like basically a month ago probably at six weeks ago now, like really started to feel like a hundred percent from that mm-hmm, knee, mm-hmm. Uh, which obviously cost him the end of last season. Um, it's not like there was any ill effects now in mm-hmm. terms of the practice that we saw, like he was not, it was not, no, like I, I think practice. the knee is behind. It, him. I think it's fine, but, but um, you know, he didn't get asked about that at all. So I don't, I think that that's good. I think it's good that basically like 
that injury is in the past, and I don't think that's going to bother him over the course of the rest of the offseason. Yeah. Well, the big takeaway from Mar Jackson uh, was how much he really likes Todd Munkin's offense. Yeah. Talk about pairing the two leads together here. You know, called it uh, smooth, called it tremendous at one point. You know, said he really loves kind of getting the keys to the offense, yeah. that he's being given the keys. Um, not just him. He said, like, all of the players are being given the keys to Munkin's offense. And so it just sounds like, you know, more... Um, freedom to audible at the line of scrimmage, get mm-hmm. out of calls that really don't look like they're going to work well against that defense. Um, and so, yeah, that is certainly notable. More passing, less running was pretty upfront about that. You know, said running can only take you so far, like very blunt about the fact that he wants to run less and plans to do so. Yeah. Um, so that was certainly notable. Um, and then I thought the leadership stuff from him that coaches want him to be a more vocal leader, I don't know if that's coming from Munkin or Harbs or, or whatever, you know, but it, it's interesting, certainly. And, you know, when we had Lamar on the pod, he even talked about how it kind of felt like a fresh start for him, like mm-hmm. a new start. This is chapter two of the Lamar Jackson Ravens story. And I guess in chapter two, you know, when you are that guy, everybody knew he was already that guy. But when you're the franchise quarterback here for, you know, get a five-year extension and all that stuff, you're the highest paid player in the league, like – you know, it's your team. It's yeah. your team. Yeah. And it's on it's on your shoulders to get us to the promised land. I mean, it was before to a large extent too, yeah. but it's kind of notable. Yeah, I I think so. I mean, just going back to his you know, he clearly likes Monk's offense like you you mentioned. Um and I thought just in his discussion about that during his press conference, I, I do think he was a little bit more I guess blunt and upfront about his preferences there, then a lot of times he's said things Mm -hmm. kind of hinted in that direction. Like, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a quarterback, not a running back. I like to throw touchdowns, not run for touchdowns and those types of things. But to me, I thought he was a little bit more upfront and honest about that than he had been in the past. Like he really likes the fact that this offense is going to be more pass heavy and taking more shots down the field. Yep. Like when he, you know, he was asked about when the Ravens are going through this process of hiring an offensive coordinator and, you know, what did he want in that? And that he wanted a offensive coordinator that was going to pass the ball more and take some more downfield well, shots. He, yeah, he had tweeted, like, during the process, like, you know, about being a pro-style, yeah. how he ran a pro-style offense at Louisville. Like, he retweeted somebody yeah. that said, you know, don't forget, you know, yeah. that's the kind of offense he ran in Louisville. And that's, you know, we're seeing elements of the Georgia offense, Ty Munkin's Georgia offense here with the Ravens and, and Lamar Jackson cosigns. Yep, yeah. Um so yeah, I thought it was I thought it was good from him. I, I think that he's spending an extra time, you know, getting up to speed on that playbook and learning it. And I'll be, um, you know, I I really think that it's going to be a good thing. I'm excited about this offense. Also, another you know, I another piece that stood out to me, Zay Flowers. You know, it's not like he did a ton in practice, but like you just see his fluidity of movement. I think Pretty active. That I mean, caught a number of passes, number of balls. There yeah. was one point in. Uh, Wednesday's practice that was kind of funny on Zay was it kind of ran a reverse and Odafe Owe basically blew it up in the backfield. It was a great play by Owe. Yeah. And uh, Zay kind of tried to put a move on him and got nowhere and Owe like kind of closed in on the speed. And it reminded me of that play a little bit that he, everyone's seen the highlight the of it. College the Boston the College <laughs> where he was running or he was, it was going to be a pass. Reverses field. And then he like does the juke move and then ends up running for a touchdown. And I was like, nah, that doesn't work in the NFL with Owe coming off the edge. He's just <laughs> as fast. So like, I thought that was a little bit of a welcome to the NFL type moment for him. But yeah, he was active, caught a number of passes. I like the way he moves. I like the way he catches the ball cleanly. He um, is so, he is just so like sudden. His yeah. footwork, I mean, 
body balance, like just an impressive dude, you know, but like also getting coached hard, you know, like when you're watching those wide receiver drills, you know, it was like, you know, Keith uh, Williams is is coaching him hard. Greg Lewis is new wide receivers coach coaching him hard. And like they're fine tuned getting in on those details, you know, yeah, and uh, on his releases and and everything. Um, But I think, yeah, I'm very impressed with Zay. So, and then the other thing, I guess on offense that I would hit and, and look, this offense is still very much in the early stages of what it's going to look like in the season. Odell Beckham wasn't out here yet. Mark mm-hmm. Andrews wasn't out here yet. Certainly. Rashad Bateman is on the field, which is good, but like he's on a pitch count and he's basically going through kind of individual stuff. He's not doing well, full and, team. Well, and you can see like they're not doing like full explosion yeah. with him, you know, in the kind of gear up, gear down drills. It's yeah. a little softer for him. Yeah. Devin DuVernay, though, did more today than we saw in football school. Like I thought it was a step forward for Devin DuVernay. Yeah, totally. And and John Harbaugh did say on Bateman, like he's on schedule. He probably wants to be out there pushing it a little bit further than he that they are they are being cautious with him right. which is what you want and hope for at this time of the year for Certainly. a guy who's going to be a huge piece of this team so like this offense is still very much uh kind of in the early stages of being implemented running and then also what it's going to look like yeah, running backs aren't out there yeah. but on the offensive line you know morgan moses was here um linderbaum. T- tyler linderbaum has been here you know the the big question with the o-line is who replaces ben powers at left guard and i think early on you know, I think that John Simpson, who you've said this before, like I've been uh, be- beating this drum for a while. He gets signed, and no one really even remembers when he got signed. It's kind of late in the, you know, yep. under the radar type move. And like, there's a real chance he could end up being the starting left guard. He got it was basically my read was it was like a sign and stash late last season. He's yeah. kind of just sitting out there. He was a 17 year, 17 game starter the year before last uh-huh. for the Raiders. He's a fourth round pick out of Clemson, big body dude. Like, just a big, strong man. I remember when he was coming out of the draft, I was like, big, strong man, that sounds like a Ravens pick. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, I mean, has a lot of star- starting experience. And the Ravens probably knew late last season they were going to lose Ben Powers. So it's like, all right, let's sign, like, a guy who's going to compete for the starting left guard spot. You know, I asked John Harbaugh about his first impressions of, of John Simpson, and he wondering if he was going to kind of put it out there that, you know, maybe he's the leader in the clubhouse. He didn't go that far. <laughs> he had a good scouting report, said he looks, you know, really good and, and whatever, you know, kind of gave a little rundown. on. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's really early. It's early, of course. You know, and, and right now, you know, Pat McCary is stepping in for Ronnie Stanley, who's not out there at left tackle. So, you know, if Pat McCary could also be in the running at left guard, um, you know, I think it's early. But I agree, John Simpson, like, if you're handicapping it right now, may, might have the lead. Yeah. Um, I want to I want to back up a little bit though. Uh, wide receiver, I thought another funny thing at practice. Um, a at wide receiver, Tylen Wallace made the play of the day. He did. I mean, leaping catch uh, over Rocky Sin. That's no knock on Rocky Sin, who was in great position. Also, it's not contact. It's no contact. So the corner is yeah. not supposed to be. Corner like, kind of pulls up a little. The bit, corner yeah. is not supposed to be like right in your your grill, yeah. basically. But still, Tylen Wallace with the leaping like catch over him with the like kind of tip and catch it as you're going down right on the sideline. Good play. It was a good catch. Um, And, you know, I keep kind of a guy that is catching my eye a little bit is Nelson Aguilar. Mm -hmm. 
And it was funny, you know, he was taking a little ribbing from teammates. There was a couple little comments because it was his 30th birthday on Wednesday. <laughs> and so it's like, ah, yeah, 30 years old now, you uh -huh. know. And he kind of shot back about something to the effect of, you know, 30 ain't ever look at this good, you yeah. know, um, which I often say about myself. <laughs> um, um, but, uh, you know, he can elevate, like, some good body control. He can get up a little bit, some sideline catches. Like, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm impressed. Yeah, I, I mean, I said it at football school, like he just looks the part, um, mm -hmm. which I think is something that stands out about him, and he caught a number of passes. So, you know, I think that you made this point on a recent podcast that we did, and I think it's a good one, which is that in his career, when he's not had to be like the number one or the number yeah. two even, like he's had some, he's been a really valuable player at, mm -hmm. at points in his career, and I think that, that could be the case here. I mean, I think that like if you go out this season and Bateman and OBJ are your one-two, you know, yep. And then when you start, then Zay Flowers is your three. Then you're looking at kind of a rotation there of Devin Duvernay and Nelson Aguilar. Right. And there's, you know, there's only one ball to go around, but I think Aguilar will make catches to help this team this year. Like, I, I really do believe that. I think he will come up with some big moments right. to make some catches to help this team. Well, the Ravens have kind of gone this route in previous years with these veteran free agent additions, right? Last year, and they've, they've gone a little younger in, in, you know, recently. Like, Demarcus Robinson, they signed last year, 28 years old, uh -huh. right? You know, before that, it was Sammy Watkins. You know, and then before that, you were the getting to older there, though, guys like, like Crabtree. And those guys were like signed to be one, two, the one like yeah, big difference. Well, now Nelson that, Aguilar was signed before we had OBJ yeah. and a pick Zay Flowers. Yeah. So yeah. at the time, you're like, is this guy going to be the number two? Yeah, behind Bateman. You yeah. know, you didn't know. Um, the Ravens, I'm sure, had a vision. Yeah, you know, and hoped that that would be kind of uh, that he wouldn't have to be a starter. Mm -hmm. um, but like, kind of to my point is like. It's in line a little bit with some of their recent moves, but a younger, more athletic version. Like Nelson Aguilar, to me, when I just watch him on the field, is you know similar age to Demarcus Robinson, but seems to have like a little bit more juice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think that you know, look, the Ravens have obviously done the the veteran receiver route before, right. and I think that, and they did it again this year, like with Odell, also certainly, yeah, you know, so like I think that the 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 Odell is more in the mold of the guys who they've signed, like a Steve Smith, who they expect to be, right. you know, one, two, where, you know, with the addition of Nelson Aguilar, the expectation is that he's more of a depth player mm -hmm. in this group. But I'm, I really do believe that he is going to make some big plays for this team this year and help him win some games. Yep. You talked about Adafi Owe. The player I wanted to really point out it's was Ajabo. David Ajabo. It's the two of them. The two of them were active. They were, and Ajabo was playing with energy. Like it was, it was fun for me to watch Ajabo out there. It was fun because he was having fun. Yeah, he was having fun. You could tell like how much fun he's just, yeah, he's just really like enjoying where he's at now, physically, mentally. Like he just seems like he's in a really good place. Like you just see him clapping his hands and jumping around, and like it's just it's just fun to see for a guy who really missed almost all of his rookie season, and you know thought he was going to get on the field a lot earlier, and 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 the Ravens just kind of were patient with him and and sat him, and he was inactive and inactive and inactive, and now like he just is in such a better spot, you know. Um, it's cool. I mean, so he, he flashed early on. There was a good run stop, which he's not known really for his run defense. That was always something like, it was like, yeah, we're, you know, the tools are there. We're going to work with him. But like, you know, he's a pass rusher. That's what he is, you know? And, um, 
good run stop early that you could see he was pretty fired up about. And then he had like an inside spin move that was really clean. Uh, that could, would have been a sack or quarterback hit or something um, later in practice that he was pretty jacked up about. And it's just it, in OTAs, it's just neat to see the passion from a guy like that who like really deserves it, you know, and, yeah. and they need a lot from him. They yep. need him to have a big year. And it's like, all right, you know, it's OTAs, but, I like that. Yeah, early early signs are very positive on David Ajabo, and I thought that was good to see as well. And like, I, I liked the him and Odaf Aoa. Like, the two of them are tight. Like, they have known each other for a long time. Yep. Um, they're really good friends, and like they were pounding around the entire practice. Like, and it was it was kind of cool to watch Oa and Ajabo both coming off the edge. Yeah. And meet in the backfield. Like those two guys meet the quarterback. Like. That is a lot of speed and athleticism coming at quarterbacks, and I just think that it was it was fun to watch. So yeah, I well, think- it's going to be interesting. I mean, it remains to be seen what happens with Justin Houston, but like certainly the Ravens, uh, kind of their playbook oftentimes in the offseason is like they'll have these young guys and they'll say, "All right, let's see mm-hmm. what we have first before we make a move." You know, like looking at practice and you can only take so much away from practice, but that's, this is what evaluators do, right? Is like they, they watch them and they say, all right, how do OA and Ajabo look? Like how bad do we need to add that veteran or how much do we need to spend on a veteran? Is it like, Oh my God, we need to, we need to get a big time player in here or, "Eh, you know what? Maybe we can get like a depth piece, you know, like do we need a starter or do we need a backup? Yep. That's part of the equation in practice. Like that's why we talk about these OTAs and mini camp and, and training camp being important. Is like these practices matter for the evaluators, the coaches. You know, Eric Costa watches practice too. You know, the front office watches practice to see. Do we? We think we're going. We're 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 pushing the. Uh, you know, how many of the chips are we pushing into the center of the table? Are we going all in or what? Yeah, yeah, I I, I agree. Um, so. Let's take a quick break, and then when we come back, I want to mention somebody who I think that we have probably missed a little bit. Ooh. Okay? We've missed a little bit in discussing so far. So we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Thank you for listening to The Lounge. We are coming to you from the SeatGeek studio. Also, we want our listeners to know that DraftKings Sportsbook is the official sports betting partner of the Ravens, and it has a limited-time offer that you don't want to miss. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. When you do that, you can use the code FLOCK. If you're a new customer, you can get a deposit bonus of up to $1,000. That's only at the DraftKings Sportsbook app, and you got to use the promo code FLOCK. Make sure you play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. you got to be physically present in Maryland to play. So um, I mentioned somebody who I think we may have missed to a certain extent. Yeah, who you got? And I think that is cornerback Trayvon Mullen. Interesting. I think that, you know... During practice, at least working with the ones for a portion of time, it was Rock Yassin, and then on the other side, we've been talking about okay, who's the who's that that corner? Who like what's the what's the depth chart look like at cornerback? Marlon Humphrey wasn't out there on Wednesday's practice. When Jalen Armour Davis didn't take elevens, he didn't. He was working now. Jalen Armour Davis was hurt much of last season, um, and he for a portion of practice was off running to the side with trainers, so they could be kind of easing him back into action. Um, and, you know, being cautious at this, this time of the year. But Trayvon Mullen is somebody who the Ravens signed, and he was working with the ones this off during during this OTA session. So it's just, I think that we, I don't know that we've Not mentioned him. forget about. 
He, I don't know that we've mentioned Lamar him. Jackson's cousin. He's Lamar Jackson's cousin. Honestly, like when they sign him, if I think people are like, ah, they're signing Lamar Jackson's cousin. What's the significance of this? Well, he was what a second round pick. A, he was a fortieth overall pick. Okay, the fortieth yeah. overall pick, and out of where? Clemson. And he was a big time recruit coming out of high school. Um, he's played in a few different teams for his, in his career. Played for uh, Vegas. Also played for Arizona Cowboys and Dallas right? last year. So like. He started 16 games in 2020 for the Raiders, started five games in 2021 for the Raiders, and then was on the Cowboys and the Cardinals last year, but did not start at all. So I'm not saying he's going to be a starting cornerback. I think the top two are going to be Marlon and Rocky Sin. <laughs> yeah. But but who's that? Who's if one of them's not playing, who's the guy that's going in? Well, I think Jalen Armour Davis would be a high contender for that. I mean, I think he will be a contender for that. But he I think just the trade was not healthy to, enough to be a part of eleven on eleven seemingly. Too. Yeah, and and but I just think that we probably I don't. Yeah, think I agree with you. Sure, Trayvon I would Mullen agree out of the that mix. we should not just rule out Trayvon Mullen. I agree with you. I think that you know is that, and it's not like he came down with three interceptions in practice. I'm not saying that, but <laughs> it's just like if if when you're out there working with the first team at this point, it's like okay, this guy don't rule him out as yep. somebody that could be on this team and end up playing, you know, a significant role at times if needed. Yeah. I would agree with that. Uh, all right, I'm going to point to two guys. Maybe you've heard of these guys. You might not. Okay. You don't really know the team. Patrick Queen and Roquan Smith? That's correct. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. Read it like a book. What do, you, what do you think of the zero for Roquan? Okay, so I am not a fan of the zero number. Like, if <laughs> I, I would have... I would have clip, Bryson, clip this off. Send it right now. We're going to tweet It's nothing against Roquan. Roquan. I just am not a big fan of the number zero. Like, wow. I didn't even want that that rule to pass. I didn't even want that to be an option for players. Really? I didn't like You're it. You're a hater. I didn't like the number zero as an option. I just, You're a fuddy-duddy. You're an old <laughs> fuddy-duddy. I, yeah, I, I would prefer... I, I just... I'm just not a number zero fan. That's just... Do you like it? No. You don't like number zero? No, I don't like it. <laughs> okay, so you're the same. Does Bryson like it? I do. Bryson likes Bryson it. Bryson likes right. it. Bryson likes number zero. Bryson's hip. <laughs> it's hit. He's um, hip, so. So, look, I know a lot of people like number zero. It's fine. It's fine. I just prefer, I prefer more traditional numbers. You think we, we should say, like, Roquan, you know, the O, like, zero? No? You're stretching. It's bad? You're stretching. <laughs> I mean, you can say that. I mean, that is his name, but it's not like. But the elongated I, O. I, you got it? I got it, but... Okay. <laughs> but you wish you didn't? <laughs> but it's not good. It wasn't like hard to get or even <laughs> creative or anything. But you could try that. You could try it. A little it. bit creative. You, you could try it. Um, uh, probably won't. But, um, but, but, but he did make a play. Sniffed out of oh, yeah. back to football. That just blew up yeah. a running back screen. And it was cool to see you know Patrick Queen just like... I wouldn't expect anything different. But you know, first guy up there leaping chest bump Patrick Queen. Yeah. You know, and like Patrick Queen looks like he's still having a lot a whole lot of fun. Like th- there's not a moping. You don't see PQ out here moping. Yeah. A he's out here we day one OTAs. Patrick Queen's there. Yep. And he's not moping. Like, you know, we talked about Chuck Clark last year kind of you know, there's some similarities there, right? Like with Patrick Queen it wasn't well Trenton Simpson in sec, a third round pick. Yeah. But like, you know, with Chuck, it was kind of like a shot to the pride a little bit. They draft, they signed Marcus Williams, you know, and they drafted Kyle Hamilton and it was like, all right, you know, and Chuck was a professional, but like even Chuck admitted at the beginning, you know, his yeah. feelings were hurt. Well, I, obviously. And then he, he made that clear again this week. Yeah. And well, he made that exactly. <laughs> and he made it clear with the trade request last yeah. season, but like, even like in the early days of practice in OTAs with Chuck, like, 
you could tell. You mm-hmm. could tell he was a little bothered. Yeah. PQ, maybe, he, I don't know how he feels, but he ain't showing it. Like, he's still celebrating right up there with Roquan, like, still very engaged, energized, like, great attitude. Pro, 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 pro. Yeah, I, I'm with you, and I think that, I mean, look, Eric told us when he was on the podcast that they would like to work out a long-term deal with him exactly. still. So, like, I am not, like, it would not shock me if at any at some point, you know, word comes down the Ravens and Patrick Queen have worked out a long-term deal. Like, I, I'm not closing the book on that possibility. I think that that could still happen. Um, and I'm with you. Patrick Queen's a pro. And uh, I just think I always like the idea of him and Roquan being together this year and potentially for a long time. Like, it's just the strength of the team. Like, the middle of this team with those two guys at the helm is really strong. And yep. so, like, you can build out from there. And I don't know. I, I like the idea of operating from a position of strength there and having the best linebackers in football. Like, yeah. that, that to me, that, that the best one-two punch at linebacker is a good place to start. Yep. And they're going to make a ton of plays. Roquan Smith is flying to the football. Like, he weaves through traffic so well. I, I know it's an OTA practice and no one's hitting, but, like, that play where he snipped out that screen and he wove through traffic to get to the backfield, like, he does that as well as anybody. He has great instincts, and Patrick Queen's going to be able to fly around to the football. So, yeah, I'm excited about the two of them, no doubt. Yep, yep. Uh, one other position group that I'll kind of... Uh, that I'll point to D line is an important one. Thought Travis Jones, I noticed him on one nice run stop, and then we got a new guy, new guy on the D line that I don't think should be overlooked here. Uh, so the Ravens signed veteran defensive tackle Angelo Blackson, yes, uh, who saw a considerable amount of action with the Chicago Bears. Uh, played, you know, almost forty-two percent of the defensive snaps last year in twenty twenty-one. You know, had a career year, uh, forty-two starts in eight years for this guy. I mean. I think you mentioned it yeah. on another yeah. podcast that, yeah. you know, could there be a gel, a jelly? This is the Justin Ellis signing. This is Justin Ellis signing. Yeah. Yeah. Like you jelly. And, um, <laughs> to me, like, will Angelo Blackson make the team? Probably put it a, a pretty good chance. Yeah. Like this is a guy that Ravenson is probably aren't necessarily familiar with. He's a defensive lineman. Doesn't put up a ton of stats, not a big contract or anything yeah. like that. But like, all of a sudden, if we're doing the season recap podcast and looking at like you know snap percentages and who plays, like is there a world in which he ends up being like a really important rotational piece of this defense? Yeah. Yes, I can see that happening. Exactly. I mean, with Clayus gone, like they they needed kind of another defensive lineman. Basically, it wasn't going to be Tavius Robinson. Uh-huh. You know, as much as we think he could kind of reduce down the pass rushing role, like he's not gobbling up. Nearly as much, you know, all of Clayus's snaps, certainly. And yeah. Angelo won't either. But, like, everybody's snap counts, I think, will go up, you know, including Brent Urban. Um, but, like, there are a lot of snaps there to fill. And I think that Angelo Blackson can certainly do that. I mean, six foot four, big dude, has played a lot of football, like, scrappy, tough player, you know, uh, was coached by uh, Anthony Weaver in Houston, played with Roquan Smith. Roquan spoke highly yeah, of Roquan, him in Chicago. About him. Yeah, so, um, you know, and he was on the field here first day, well, second OTA's practice, and um, I think he'll be a player for this defense. Yeah, I, I think that that could for certainly be the case. 
Yep. So as always, uh, we want you guys to email us at the lounge at ravens.nfl.net. Let us know what questions you have as we're watching practice, um, and we'll give you some insight into what's happening on the practice field and behind the you know behind the scenes here in the building. Also, you know if you're if you're heading out to you know Ocean City here on Memorial Day weekend and you're sitting in traffic on the Bay Bridge and you're like, I need to kill some time. Okay, well here's what you can do: you can just listen to the entire press conferences from Lamar Jackson and Roquan Smith and Tyler Linderbaum, John Harbaugh. They all talked on Wednesday. Yep. So head over to the Ravens. Press Pass podcast feed. All those are posted for you in their entirety. So you can go check those out. Subscribe to that feed as well. And uh, leave a rating and a review as you're listening to these podcasts, both to this feed and to the Ravens Press Pass podcast Well, feed. if you're sitting on the Bay Bridge, you've got a lot of time on your hands. <laughs> Settle in. Friend. Settle in. You might as well go back and listen to Kyle Hamilton podcast, <laughs> TV's Robinson, <laughs> Eric DeCosta. Go back to Lamar. Yeah. You can list, You can knock out a whole season, basically. Yeah, you can binge listen the lounge and the Ravens Press Pass podcast podcast so good luck if you're on your way have fun at the beach uh enjoy memorial day weekend ravens flock uh we'll be back with you next week